This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. <clears throat> Log Talk Radio. Oh, mama, I'm in fear for my life from the long arm of the law. Got miles to go before we sleep. Lawman is putting into my running and I'm so far from my We will not go gently. We're going to unleash hell here in December. Oh, mama, I can hear you crying. You're so scared and all alone. Hey, somebody fix this guy's buckle. I love you play football. coming down from the gallows and I don't have very long. Renegades are getting ready for the 2016 season at St. Vincent in Latrobe, Pennsylvania for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I am excited. This is Brian Anthony Davis along with Zach Parnes. And welcome once again to another edition of Pittsburgh Steelers Six Pack of Fact or Fiction. Now, I was going to start off the show talking about football being in session as we speak in Canton, Ohio, as the Green Bay Packers battle those Indianapolis Colts, but that game has been delayed, and it looks like it has been called off because of poor field conditions. So that ruins my whole thing about football being in session, but I am still excited. The Steelers will suit up for the first time coming Friday night against the Detroit Lions. You could hear it in my voice, Zach. I am ready to talk football once again, my friend. Yeah, you know, Brian – it's coming up really quick right now, and I think everybody in Steeler Nation should be very excited about this time because this is a time for us to learn more about the identity of this 2016 Steeler squad. Yes, everything will be taking shape as we speak, and those guys are getting ready to play. I cannot wait for, for Friday night as these young warriors go out and try to make a spot on that 53-man roster. And we're going to be talking about one of them in the Factor Fiction But we have some great topics tonight. So once again, 
Steeler Six-Pack Effect or Fiction, what it is, it's a lively debate about the state of Steeler Nation and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Zach and I will square off. Sometimes we agree. Sometimes we disagree. Like last week, and I'm not going to bring up the Landry Jones fiasco, (laughs) but... But uh, that's the nature of the show. We have a good time. We debate, and uh, we put on the gloves and talk about the Steelers. And once again, we invite you to join in with us, 347-850-8581. You can join on the show, but wait until the six-pack is complete, and we will talk to you. Once again, the show is sponsored by Frank Walker Law. Frank Walker is the top criminal defense firm to call in western Pennsylvania and West Virginia and home to one of the nation's top 100-ranked trial attorneys in Frank Walker. For his Pennsylvania office, call 412-212-3878, or to reach his West Virginia office, call 304-712-2089. You should also check out his website, frankwalkerlaw.com, to see how he can help you in your time of need. Frank Walker Law, real talk, real experience, real results. The show is also sponsored by Centerfield Smoke, the best and most unique Pittsburgh sports apparel provider for Pittsburgh fans everywhere. Visit them at www.centerfieldsmoke.com. Here we go with a six-pack of fact or fiction. I know you are ready to crack it open, aren't you, Zach? I'm ready to go in here, Brian, but I think we're starting off with a little bit of a sore subject for our first uh, two questions. Isn't that correct? Yes, I know, and this is a, this is like that great buzzkill, like like the uh, the game tonight. We were all excited to watch uh, uh, some team resembling Green Bay and some team resembling Indianapolis square off tonight, and uh, I was excited, and then all of a sudden it's not there. Just like we have been waiting and waiting for Senquez Golson to play for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and once again that injury last week that was. That was really terrible just for the fact that uh, this guy has been waiting to get on the field. So let's talk about Senquez. Number one, fact or fiction, Senquez Golson will indeed suit up and play for the Steelers in 2016. You know, Brian, this is tough because I, I feel for this guy right now. How can you not feel for Sinquez Golson, especially a guy who went down last year with a big injury and has put so much time to getting himself back out there on the gridiron. He's a young guy. He's coming out of an SEC school. Like, he knows what good smash-mouth football is all about. And that's why I really like him. And this is, this is going to hurt the corner position in Pittsburgh. I don't think there's any doubt in anybody's mind uh, that it's going to be difficult for them to overcome this. But at the same time, you have to think, if they continue to look for replacements, this situation can only get better. And we had talked about this on the show last week on whether or not they go after a free agent like Antonio Cromartie. I think there's a number of guys that could be in play right now. You've got to look out for a bunch of different ones. But as for Goldson, I'm going to give him a fact, and I'll tell you why. I don't think he's going to be around for the majority of the season, but I do think in those late weeks um, we are going to see Goldson shoot up in a Steeler uniform. We're going to see him there in the postseason if need be playing his absolute heart out. Listen, it's a broken bone in the foot. It's going to take a little bit of time to recover. But come week 14, 15, 16, why not? You definitely have to give this guy the benefit of the doubt. I don't know where you're thinking, though, Brian. As I love your optimism, and I feel that I'm an optimist myself, but in a situation like this, I'm going to go fiction because I don't think we're going to see Senquez this year. And, and I fear that we might never see him at all. I feel the poor fellow is cursed, and I do feel for him. And I hope we get to see number 27 play for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I just don't think it's going to be in 2016, and here's why. That Liz Frank injury, it is a tough injury. It may require surgery. Like last year with Ben Roethlisberger, it did not require require surgery. So – you never know, but they're, they're speculating up to 12 weeks. So if you look at uh, three to four months for this fellow to be out, what's going to happen? He's going to come in behind because he's only had about three days of training camp with the Pittsburgh Steelers in two seasons. That is tricky because then you don't have practice. 
you don't have training camp to get adapted. It is hard to put a guy in and for him to have an impact at all. So I think they've redshirt him once again, and uh, we will see him in 2017, hopefully. Yeah, you know, Brian, what I think is interesting also are – you know, it's tough that he's going to be gone for such a long time, but like I was saying earlier, you have to think about the guys who are going to step into that new role and take over. I want to open something because I read a very interesting article today, and I'll give them the quick shout-out here, but today's Pigskin wrote an article about how the perfect replacement for Senquez Golson right now would be former Steeler Will Allen. Now, I think that's a very interesting sort of situation. You can maybe get him in the low-to-mid-contract range, um, as well, I think that he could be a nice little addition, uh, especially since we're not going to see Golston for at least a majority of the season. Uh, that could be a big move, uh, Antonio Cromartie, but I, I think we'll get into that a little bit later. I think that's one of our questions down the line. But there needs to be someone who comes in and fills this role, and I think the best way to fill it is with free agents. Okay, let's address that now with number two. With Senquez out, the Steelers bring in Antonio Cromartie or Cortland Finnegan. Both free agents. You know, this one fact or fiction. This, this one's tough, Brian. I don't know where you're leaning, but I'm going to go with fact on this one. I think you've got to go after Cromartie. Listen, the man has been one of the most legendary corners in the league. I mean, there's a reason his name keeps coming up every free agency period and why he's been bounced around to so many teams is because he can play. He can really, really play, and I think that, you know, he's the kind of guy who's looking for other opportunities to make money elsewhere. This is a chance for him to maybe even get a ring on his finger uh, if he can play his heart out well. Um, But I think that, yeah, they're going to end up going after Antonio Cromartie. I don't know if Cortland Finnegan kind of fits the whole Steeler persona, though. I would kind of stay away from Finnegan uh, and lean a little bit towards Cromartie. Well, I agree with you that they will look at them, but I don't see them bringing in either guy. I don't see them going out and uh, and making that investment. Uh, what I really see, so I'm going to go with fiction. And the reason I'm going with fiction there is the fact that I don't think they're going to spend the money and they're going to just stay in the house. They've moved up Sean Davis. He's getting a lot of first-team reps in that position, and that's a guy that uh, could possibly go. You still have Will Gay. You still have Duran Grant that is going to – he's battling for a job, and he has talent. He played, he played in the championship game and was a star for the Ohio State University in 2014, and he was a fourth-round draft pick last year. That's a guy that is going to be fighting for a spot. Ross Cockrell is there. We believe he's going to start this year. So you have guys in-house they're going to go with. I just don't see them going reaching out for a veteran. Um, The history of this team suggests that they don't. Um, But they have in the past with a few guys, like uh, way back when. I just don't, as much as we want it, I don't envision it happening. Antonio Cromartie, I think, would fit the mold. I, I really think that a guy like Cortland Finnegan, you said system-wise you don't think he fits, but here's a guy that came in to a team, the Carolina Panthers last year, and helped that secondary gel into a Super Bowl runner-up. So that's a guy who played last year that uh, everyone thought his career was done. He's the same kind of guy that he's, he's one of those guys. He's, uh, he's one of those guys that he's feisty, and I think he could lend something for, for the team to the team too. But I just don't see it happening this year. I would love it to be fact, but I really think it's going to be fiction. Yeah, but here's the one thing, Brian. You have to think. You know, I know you like Cortland Finnegan, and I just want to talk about this really quick. I, I think the number of attitude concerns that that guy has had does not match um, what the Steelers are looking for in that locker room or in the culture of how they play. Um, you know, he's been known to be an exceedingly dirty player, and we've – you know, kind of seen the way the Steelers react to that, especially when it's of the play of Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, but this is, you know, this is the reality right now is that the Steelers are down a man in a crucial spot. I think that you want those young guys to play, but if they can't play on the highest level, you got to bring in a free agent. Well, let me ask you this, and this goes off track a little bit, but why do you think that Antonio Cromartie or, and Cortland Finnegan are still free agents? 
I don't know. Are they not free agents? I mean, Leon Hall got snapped up last last week by the Giants. That's a guy we were talking about in last week's show about them possibly yeah. going after. But, you know, cor- everybody needs a corner, it seems. You cannot have enough depth in the secondary, especially at corner. Bringing a veteran like one of these guys in is paramount. But I'm wondering what is behind the fact that those guys still don't have jobs. Listen, I understand, but at the same time, you've got to think of some corners that have played well into their careers, and they make plays because they have the wisdom at that position. I think it's one of the most influential, like, sort of you learn over time positions in the league. Um, You know, it's up there with quarterback for sure. I mean, these are guys who are learning what receivers' tendencies are. I mean, they are going pretty much – uh, you know, especially in man coverage, you are going on reading another person. And that just takes time. So there's nothing wrong, in my opinion, with bringing in one of these veteran guys who's been doing that for a little bit longer. That's the argument that I see. A lot of people say that their athleticism doesn't match and whatnot. But, I mean, is it, is it not? I mean, maybe some teams just aren't thinking about Cromartie and Finnegan when they're pushing for these guys. They want someone young who can stick around for a number of years. And these guys aren't exactly that, but they can still give you some great years in their prime. Well, like I said, I would love it to be fact. I think it's going to be fiction. I would also welcome a guy like Will Allen back into the fold. However, he's a safety, and he is getting long in the tooth. And it's interesting to see whether they would uh, would bring him back in. He definitely knows the system. But I think right here we're talking about corner, and that's what I feel that they would need to address first. But they did address a corner. In the first round this year, and when I was talking about all the corners that the Steelers have, I did not mention Artie Burns. So that leads to number three, Zach. Number three, fact or fiction. It's not a big deal that first-rounder Artie Burns struggled mightily against Antonio Brown at the beginning of camp. I go with fact on this one, and I'll tell you why. It's right now two extremes, two absolute extremes, Brian. You're talking about the rookie a guy who's never played an NFL snap before, going up against not a top-five wide receiver, the best wide receiver in the game. So, yes, technically top-five, but not even outside of that number one spot. He is the best in the game right now. There, It's okay to have some struggles. It is absolutely fine to struggle right now, um, especially against that guy. This is where these guys are learning from their mistakes. And this ties into exactly what I was saying before. The corner position is learned over time. These guys need to make their mistakes early, especially against a guy like Brown, who's figured every way to get around a cornerback. I mean, is there anybody else better to learn from? I mean, that's the best way to get better, right, is to play the best. You have to go out. Exactly, and he he did volunteer to go up against Antonio Brown. And that is admirable. How do you not acknowledge – you know, what kind of strength that takes for the first-round guy to say, I'm going to take on the best player on this offense who's going to be playing week one, excluding Le'Veon. I agree with what you're saying, but I'm going to disagree once again with you. And we're three for three on disagreeing tonight. And the reason I'm going to say fiction, I think it is a big deal. And the reason I think it's a big deal, you get a first-rounder here, you bring him in, and you want to see him shine right off the bat. Now, I like the fact that he's volunteering to go up against the very best in the game, and I like the fact that that he's giving it his all. But the fact that this player, the best in the game, is running circles around him right now, that means that he is not ready to start, and he's not ready to make a huge impact. Now, we know, we know that, there are going to be growing pains, and we don't expect him to be a starter on day one. And that's, I mean, that's something that we're all well aware of. However, you have an A.J. Green in the division. You have even a guy like Mike Wallace coming back into the division. Josh Gordon is back. We don't know the impact that he's going to have, but there are some very good rookies on that Cleveland Browns team, too. It's a, a it's loaded a division loaded with receivers this year and it just concerns me that even though he's playing the best in the game it concerns me that he's struggling this much now i like the fact that he keeps on going at it antonio's even he's he's complimenting him 
He's complimenting the will of this player, and I love the fact that he has great will. It just concerns me a tad that this is happening, and I want, them to be, I want there to be more luster on this pick and not more of a project, and that's what it's seeming to be. So I think we're going to have to be patient on a guy like Artie Burns. I think he's going to be very capable, a very good pick, and a very good player in the future for the team. But for this year, I think it's a concern. You know, it's interesting that you say we have to be patient with him because I think that is something that the cornerback in the NFL today is starting to develop this patience, this, you know, getting into a rhythm so you can really figure out how to play these guys in coverage or in zone coverage. Um, You know, I mean, we're talking about a kid. He is basically a kid. I mean, this guy is 22 years old. He is extremely young. Uh, You know, he's got a lot of room to grow. So I think the time will be an interesting thing. You know, time will tell. I mean, it's told with a bunch of other guys so far. I mean, to the point where we're asking questions about guys like Jarvis Jones, uh, you know, has their time passed for them to actually get it? So that's what we got to give Mr. Artie Burns right now is a little bit of time. I don't know how much patience we're going to have, but but in – in the defense of what you just said, I will let up a little bit because there's a lot of people in 2003 that did not have any patience with Troy Polamalu. He was considered a bust in 2003 if you talk to fans. There was a lot of concern because he didn't play much. In fact, I don't think he played until week eight. I don't think we saw him for the first time until they played the St. Louis Rams back in 2003. So... We do need to be patient. We know that he's not going to come around right away, but I still think it's a concern that he struggled against Antonio. I wanted him to be sharper coming in, but, you know, it is a waiting game. So I'll, I'll let up just a little bit. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it's got to be an interesting thing, um, especially for him to experience and have to go through uh, this progression. You know, he's always been on the top of his game for the longest time, and, uh, and now that's sort of changing. And like we saw with Troy, he turned into a, a future Hall of Famer, and that's what I believe we're going to see with um, him being enshrined in Canton. We're going to be talking about Canton in just a little bit. But uh, let's agree to disagree with that one once again. If we look at the scorecard, everything Zach is saying tonight is fact, and everything I'm saying tonight is fiction. We'll see if that continues in the second half. But right now, at the halftime point of our show, we're going to – See what's going on with Frank Walker Law. Smart or stupid? Those strobing lights in your rear view? That flashlight shining in your face? License, registration, and insurance, please. The little adventure you're about to have with this guy? Uh, I'll need you to step out of the vehicle, please. Okay, so you've done something stupid. Fix it with a smart move. For DUI or criminal defense, call Frank Walker of FrankWalkerLaw.com. He knows his way around a courtroom. 412-532-6805. 412-532-6805 or FrankWalkerLaw.com. And also in West Virginia, 304-712-2089. Frank Walker Law. Real talk, real experience, real results. The show is also sponsored by Centerfield Smoke, the best and most unique Pittsburgh sports apparel provider for Pittsburgh fans everywhere. Visit them at www.centerfieldsmoke.com. Well, we're halfway through tonight, Zach, and let's keep it going. And we're going to go on to number four with a six-pack of fact or fiction, and we're going to talk about the Hall of Fame. Now, we had two new enshrinees this weekend with Pittsburgh ties, and that of Kevin Green and Tony Dungy. And who is going to be the next in Canton? I believe it's going to be a guy like Alan Fanica. We're going to see Troy Polamalu. And we definitely think we're going to see Heinz Ward. But when will we see Heinz Ward? So number four, Heinz Ward is enshrined in Canton before 2023. Brian, this is one you want to say facts for, um, and that's why I'm going to say facts for it. I think that when you take a look at Heinz Ward, Super Bowl MVP, a guy who commandeered himself uh, and made a real legacy uh, for himself in the league, not only for where he came from, but for also for his heritage. He's a Korean-American. Uh, you do not see many Korean-Americans going on to playing football 
Uh, and he was one of the best to ever wear a Steelers uni. I mean, listen, everybody loved number 86 when he was in that position. But there are a lot of good people ahead of him. Listen, I, I can't even start with the list here. I mean, you mentioned Alan Fanica and Palomalu for the Steelers, but Kurt Warner on this list, you know, T.O., Terrell Owens, got to find himself in there before that. L.T., you know, different guys. Morton Anderson, how about the legendary kicker, uh, you know, who still hasn't gotten his chance to shot. Uh, I think that there's a lot of other people who could potentially move in front of him, but I think by 2023, we will definitely see Ward in there. It's not going to be in the near future, but give it a few years, he'll be in there. Well, I'm going to go with fiction once again, and the reason I'm going to go is I will say this emphatically. Heinz Ward will be enshrined in Canton, but the reason I do not think it's going to be before 2023 I think he is going to have to wait and wait for a long time. Now, we've seen that in Pittsburgh before. There's no doubt about it that John Stallworth and Lynn Swan deserve to be in right away. But they had to wait a very long time. They waited almost 15 years, each of them. I mean, I believe Lynn Swan went in in 2001, and Stallworth went in in 2002. Now, both those guys, they retired way before that. Now, the reason I picked 2023 is that was 10 years from the time that Heinz Ward retired. And the reason that I say 2023 is there is that five-year waiting period, and I don't think that – I think they're going to make him wait more than five years to get in after that. So that's why I am going to go fiction. The guys in front of him, like T.O., Terrell Owens, you know he's going in. They're going to make him wait. Just like they made Andre Reed wait, Tim Brown wait, and Marvin Harrison. Those guys waited quite a long time, and I just think that Heinz Ward and many a receiver is being made to wait these days from the NFL. I'm not sure exactly why. There is a logjam at that position, but Heinz Ward will get in. But he's going to wait, and it's going to be later than 2023. So I am going once again fiction. I don't know. I, you know, there's going to be a few years, obviously, of waiting grace. But, I mean, at that point, you have to figure that Ward will find his way in within 15, would you say, right, Brian? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, it, it gets to the point, if you go past 15, then it goes to the Veterans Committee. And, uh, you know, they're going to put him in before 15. But if you look at it, the breakdown that I made, that means that he's waiting only six years to get in if it's over 2023. Because he becomes yeah, eligible you know, five years. He'll be, become course. eligible in 2018. Yes, of course. But then five preliminary years. I don't know, Brian. That's a long time to sit there. I guess, you know, with the preliminary – I mean, you said the, the whole waiting period, but I, it's going to be a tough one to call. Look how long they made the bus wait. And there was no Very doubt true. about it that he was first ballot. He should have been first ballot. But there were guys ahead of him. Curtis Martin was ahead of him, and they went with Curtis first. So they typically do not want to put guys from the same position in. So I think the next dealer to go in will definitely be a guy like Alan Fanica. I know Troy Polamalu will be going in. I think Troy will actually go in first ballot. But I think... A guy like Heinz Ward, who waited a while to develop, they're going to make him wait even more. But, emphatically, he is going to be enshrined in Canton. And it's going to be an amazing day when he does, Brian. I think all of Steeler Nation is going to be beyond happy when his name is I will be there. I'm going to tell you that now. I have been (laughs) to Canton once before, and it was a guy who we just talked about in 2002 – I went to see John Stallworth enshrined in Canton, and it was just an amazing day. It was also the day that uh, Jim Kelly made that that beautiful speech about his son, and he was enshrined that day too. But for me, John Stallworth, that's the reason I went, and it was fantastic. And I remember he stood up and said, I want to thank the fans from Western Pennsylvania. And so I stood up and I clapped. Next thing you know, I'm on ESPN. because That's fantastic. uh, Oh, my goodness. I can't find it anywhere. I, I'd love to find that speech on YouTube, because, <laughs> but I have not found that speech yet. So if anybody has that speech on VHS or what have you, let me know. I would love to see that and go look for, look for me. <laughs> but uh, 
but I love the Canton experience. I will be there when Hines gets in. I was bummed that I didn't get to go when, when Jerome went in. I had plans, and they fell through at the last minute. But uh, for my money, Heinz Ward is my guy. Like a lot of, like you said before, everybody loves 86 in Pittsburgh. And I cannot wait to see that guy go in, and he will. But I think we're going to be waiting a while. Let's move on. I think we're actually going to agree on this next one. It took us five, but I think we're going to. So Factor Fiction, Zach, tight end Ladarius Green, best the numbers of Heath Miller in yards and touchdowns in the 2016 season. Factor Fiction. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to go with fact on this one. I, I think that, you know, Heath was very dominant. But let's take a look at what he did last year, 535 yards and two touchdown grabs. I mean, it certainly was a down year for Heath. He only, kept the ball, uh, only caught the ball 60 times. Um, you know, and, and that's what's going to happen for a guy who's getting older, and that's why he's stepping away from the game. Um, but we're talking about Heath Miller last season. Yes, there will be more production. But we're talking about Heath Miller. Let's talk circa 2012. Where he had oh that was a great year had him on my fantasy team oh my goodness he was fantastic he caught eight touchdowns and had 800 yards I mean that was the year for Miller he never had another season where he caught eight TDs um, so I don't know if he's going to be able to live up to that sort of expectation but definitely look for 600 700 yards out of this guy definitely uh, with a few touchdown grabs over the middle I am definitely going to say fact so I'm finally going to agree with you tonight. And the reason being, I think he's going to be a big weapon, especially in the red zone for Ben Roethlisberger. I think he's going to be used more as a receiver. And when you had a guy like Heath, especially last year, when there were running back problems at the end because of injuries, um, had to stay in, especially against really tough defenses. They made him stay in more and protect Ben Roethlisberger. I think Ladarius Green is not being brought in as a blocker. Ladarius Green is being brought in to be a touchdown machine, to be a receiver. Last year, he had 37 receptions, 429 yards. He only played 13 games, but he was also sharing time with another future Hall of Famer in Antonio Gates, who had a resurgence in his career. So four touchdowns last year. I think he has a fantastic season. I think he's a huge red zone threat. They're going to look for him early and often. And as important as, high, as Heath Miller is to the team and will always be in the history of that team, he's not going to surpass him in importance, but he's going to surpass him in numbers. And numbers don't mean that you're a better player, but for this season, he's going to have a better year than Heath Miller's 2015. So I just want to be clear on that. I think you would agree with that also. Yes, I, I would agree with that. Listen, I think that it was a down year for Heath, um, like I was saying earlier. Only caught the ball 60 times in 500 yards. Uh, it's not a season that really Miller would be super proud about if he was about five years younger. Yeah, but you know what? Like I, like I mentioned, he was more important last year as a protector, and he's another reason that running game was so stellar last year, especially even when a guy like Le'Veon Bell went down and you brought – in D'Angelo Williams at the beginning of the season, at the end of the season, he was so important to that running game, too, and as a protector. So, I mean, you can't compare the, the seasons of the two, but I'm just saying number-wise, that's why Ladarius Green is going to have a better number season, and numbers is all I'm saying here. So let's move on. Let's talk about another pass-catching threat for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And another guy that does not get a lot of press, a guy fighting for that fifth roster spot as a wide receiver, his name is Eli Rogers. He had a very good camp last year, and let's, he's also uh, turning heads in camp this year. So number six, Zach, Eli Rogers makes the final 53-man roster in 2016. Uh, yeah, you know, I'd, I'd love to give it a fact. He's, he's a hustle guy. Uh, and, you know, he really knows how to make some great plays. I mean, he did it for a long time at Louisville um, and then proceeded to come out, not get drafted, uh, but continue working towards camp anyways. And the Steelers ended up signing him. And he's got the talent, 
but I think a lot of people question his size coupled with his speed, too, uh, has been the big question with him. I'm going to go with fiction. I, I don't see this guy making a 53-man squad when we're going to be fighting for guys on the defensive end, like you know, like Tyler Matikavich, who's been having a phenomenal uh, opportunity to work out in the offseason and really show some great strength. Uh, so I don't think it's going to be him fiction on this one. Well, I'm going to go fact, and I hate to disagree with you once again, but it makes for fun debate. The reason I'm going to say fact on this is just for the fact that he is a talent, you're missing a guy like Martavis Bryant, and they need five receivers on that team. We know number one with a bullet. I mean, there's no there's no mistaking the fact that Antonio Brown will be making <laughs> that team. So, I mean, that's just crazy to think that he wouldn't. And the other guys, DHB, Darius Hayward Bay, is going to make that team. He's going to be very important, especially like he was last year. And uh, Ben had a good connection with him. Um, You've got a new guy um, in Sammy Coates. This is his second year, but you're really going to see what he has to offer. So he's going to have a – he's going to be entrenched in the lineup. There's no way he's not making that team. And you know Marcus Wheaton is making that team. So that's four guys. So for me, it comes down to two players. Now, are they going to keep five or are they going to keep six? I think they're going to keep five, but they might designate it a little different with a guy like uh, uh, Demarcus Ayers who is more of a kick returner, more of a punt returner, that they might be bringing him in for that reason. I think he makes the team, but not as being a wide receiver. Um, I think the guy that you're going to look at in that role is a guy like Eli Rogers. He might not start a lot, but he will be on that 53-man roster. I say book it. I say fact. And we'll put a little friendly bet on that. How about that, Zach? Zach. Oh, sorry about that. My apologies. <laughs> I had put my mute on on my phone, and then I was trying to talk to you. Apologies. How about that? Young kids can't use technology. So I'm, I'm going to say that, it is going, that you make a great point. Um, you know, if you're going to give it to someone straight out of camp, it's, it's got to be him. But here's my theory on this. I think the Steelers are going to end up going the opposite way, and they're going to look for a free agent. And they're going to try to bring somebody in. I know I was talking about the free agents earlier, and I know this team doesn't always reach out to the older guys, but there are a lot of guys on the market right now who they could go reaching for. Uh, And that's why I don't think that you're going to give it to somebody like a rookie when you already have someone else who's very young uh, in Sammy Coates there. And, And honestly, I mean, Marcus Wheaton, kind of a young guy himself. He's only going into his fourth year. Uh, He's not exactly what a lot of teams would consider a veteran either. He's still learning as well. Very interesting looking at the veteran. I just think this guy is going to make the team. I don't know what kind of impact, but a guy like Coates waited till the playoffs to make an impact just because of the situation with Antonio Brown going down. Um, it's very important to have those guys ready to play. I think five make the team. Of course, I'd love to see a veteran, but I think that veteran is already on the team, and it's Darius Hayward Bay. So I can actually see them putting a guy like this in, um, give him time on the 53-man roster, give him a lot of practice time, and when he's called upon, I think he has the talent and he has the size to make, to make that roster. Listen, I mean, I think that there are a lot of guys out there who, who could fulfill the roles better. I mean, right now, free agents, Jordan Norwood, Anquan Bolden, Roddy White, these would all be guys who you could bring in in veteran situations. How, how interesting would it be to bring in Anquan Bolden, former Raven? Oh, that would be – I would enjoy that just, uh, any t- just <laughs> for the fact that they just brought in a former Steeler receiver. And uh, I would love to see that because they're very protective of Anquan Bolden in Baltimore. They're, I mean, especially for what he did that Super Bowl season. They're, uh, they have completely erased the fact that he was ever an Arizona Cardinal. And uh, Baltimore <laughs> fans feel that he's, he's always been a Raven, and uh, he's their guy. And I would love to see him in black and gold, just like even though it didn't work out, Last year with Jacoby Jones, I just loved the idea of him coming in. And I really wanted to see him line up against, uh, especially returning kicks against Baltimore. It didn't happen. 
just because he he just did not have it anymore. But I would love to see a guy like that come in. But I think in all actuality, it's going to be Eli Rogers. So here's my here's my bet with you. Okay. Now that you know, I live in Maryland. You're a Maryland. Uh, you're born and raised in Maryland, and Permani Brothers is now in Maryland. So I'm gonna I'm going to bet you a sandwich that Eli makes the 53 man roster, and I'm gonna see if you you want to make that bet with me. You know, it's so funny because I've never had the Permanis. Uh, in Maryland yet, I, and I live there, you know, just like you, and, I, and I'm shocked. Uh, it could be that the majority of my time this summer has been out here in Los Angeles, but... Uh, no, it's I new. It's only say, been here since November. Oh, there you go. So, okay, I will accept the bet for that. Um, I will take the opposite end, obviously, that Eli Rogers will not make the 53-man roster. So now this is interesting. This is the first factor fiction that has a little bit of this, uh, this wager here. So we'll see if this platform continues. <laughs> I think that feels good. Well, we're moving on with the show. And as always, we do welcome callers. So I'm going to give you that number once again, 347-850-8581. And we're going to go to the phones with one of our favorites, and we're oh, going yeah. to Brooklyn, and we know no matter what time, I know we've fluctuated on nights, on times. We've been 11 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 9.30, but Bryce from Brooklyn always finds us on the six-pack of Factor Fiction. So welcome, Bryce. <laughs> How are you tonight? Hey, what's going on, guys? How are you tonight? Bryce, <laughs> Pretty I'm good, my friend. I'm doing absolutely fantastic. You know, Bryce, I feel like there has to be some clarification here. How do you spell your name? Because some people spell it B-R-I-C-E, but other people spell it Y-C-E. Which one is it? Oh, you got to go with the Y. Oh, <laughs> That's how I go. spell it. <laughs> hey, yeah, you're talking no, to Brian nope. that is B-R-Y. So I'm with <laughs> yeah, you. There is, there, is no, there is no I in Bryce. <laughs> B-R-Y-C-E <laughs> this way. <laughs> All right, so real quick, because um, I didn't get a chance to listen before, what are the? Let's do rapid fire. What are the factor fictions, and I'll give you factor fiction on where, on, on on what I think. I well, what have you heard so far? Um, well, I heard a little bit about uh, what what was Eli Rogers making the team, but I didn't know if that was factor fiction. So, well, we went oh, opposite yes, sides on that. Zach went fact. I went fi- I mean, excuse me. Zach went fiction. I went fact. I think Eli makes the roster. What do you think? Oh, so and that was a question. <laughs> okay, um, Eli Rogers, fact or fiction? That is a fact. And let me tell you why. Todd Haley and the, and the coaching staff have raved about this guy. Todd Haley is quoted as saying, now you can, I don't know if you think this is hyperbole or not, but the coaches aren't, aren't prone to giving hyperbole for guys, particularly young ones. said he was the best slot receiver he's seen on the team since he got there. And that was Todd wow. Haley's quote. <laughs> wow, that is a, that. Yeah, that's a big time there, you know, kind of boost uh, from the man Eli, running the offense himself. Yeah, Eli Rogers is, makes this team, and he's carving out a role. Well, I would love to see that, and I I had not heard that from Haley. I think that is fantastic. I couldn't believe he um, said it. To be honest with you, I'm like, that's like a Todd Haley doesn't really give out those type of praises to to a lot of the players, only for a select few. Well, here's a guy who last year in camp turned a lot of heads, and he's doing it again this year. I think I, I, I still think he's going to get a chance. Yeah, so you I think agree with that. And let's let's look at uh, Ladarius Green. And now we've talked about him the last couple weeks uh, with you, and we're saying that Ladarius Green. We both agree on this that he bests Heath Miller in yards and touchdowns in 2016 from Heath's 2015 season. Oh, real quick, what was Heath's 2015 numbers? Can you give them to me real quick? Do you have them? <laughs> Jack, you had it. 500, uh... 535 receiving yards on 60 catches with two touchdowns. And the fact of fiction is he bests him in yards and touchdowns? Yep. Yes. I think that's a fact. Um, I think that's a fact. I, I'm not sure, I, but it's a fact. But Ladarius needs to start working his way back into the onto the field, and here's why: because what could happen is if he gets if he gets off to a slow start and he doesn't get that report with Ben Roethlisberger, that could hurt his numbers. But I still think it'll be a fact. 
Yeah, you know, I, I have to agree with you there, and I think that Brian would as well. I think that he's going to pass those numbers for sure. I do, and I agree with that rapport with Ben Roethlisberger being very important. As we move on, Senquez Golson we talked about. Um, we, I'm going to combine number one and number two. Senquez Golson will suit up and play in 2016 for the Steelers, and with him out, the Steelers bring in a guy like Antonio Cromartie or Cortland Finnegan. Zach fiction and I on, on this. Oh, um, I'm going to say fiction on bringing in Cortland Finnegan and Antonio Cromartie. It's not the Steeler way. I think they're going to look in-house. They're going to they're going to prep these guys and coach them up, and and they're going to use Sean Davis and maybe go with Montel Gardner. I mean, look, if they didn't bring anyone in last year when they knew, except for Ross Cockrell, then I don't think they're going to bring in those other guys. I just don't see them doing that. That's a fiction. Um, Senquez Golston coming back this year, that's a fact. And let me tell you what my my example is. David DeCastro. David DeCastro. Um, David DeCastro is my example. This guy got hurt in the preseason, his rookie year, and when he had a chance to come back, he came back and ended up starting in the end of 2012. Wasn't very good, but with Golston um, missing a year, I think they're going to want to try to get this guy on the field and see what they got in him. And if he can come back and be healthy and play this year, they're going to give him a chance. That's fact. I love the optimism, Bryce. And, you know, I, I sided on the same sort of end. I think that if he's got that chance to come back, he was already getting to the point where he was learning so much, as I've been talking all episode now about how a cornerback uh, learns this position over time. He was picking it up very, very quickly and, you know, stopping guys from making those cuts on those hot takes on him uh, late in games. And that has been, that was the difference uh, for a Steelers pass defense that would have been probably the league's worst without guys like him uh, and, you know, without threats in the backfield like Mike Mitchell. I hope you guys are exactly right on this. I'm disagreeing for now. Just I think that Week 12 is a tough guy to bring in a corner. I think it's a lot easier to bring David DeCastro in as a rookie and have him play on the offensive line than mm. a cornerback in a system like that without having the practice time and the camp time to uh, really hone his skills. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. I hope you guys are right. Well, I think, yeah, I mean, look, if his injury is a is a two- to three-month injury, I think he comes back, he gets put on that reserve-to-return list, and you bring him back, and if you're making a playoff push particularly, you, you put this guy on the roster and you see, could he give you any reps moving to the final two games into the playoffs? Maybe he can make a play or two, a special teams tackle. I don't know, but I think Pittsburgh's going to give him a chance, as Tomlin likes to say, um, we're gonna, you know, there's gonna be some room on the boat or what have you, um, or the room on the train uh, to let that guy come back and get a chance to play. I think at this point, if he can come back, you gotta see if you can get some reps out of him. Anything that would justify that number two pick, at least to have that momentum going into his third season. Well, very good. Now we're talking about another cornerback, a very important one, first rounder, Artie Burns. Now, when we're talking about Artie, he struggled against Antonio Brown. Yeah. I say that it's a big deal that he has struggled against Antonio. Well, Zach disagrees with me and says it's not a big deal at all that he has had problems in camp against the number one receiver in the league. What do you think, Bryce? Um, I think, uh, I mean, well, it's not a big deal to me in terms of his overall development, I think it's a great thing that he struggled against him because I think, A, it's breaking him down to his rawest parts. Like, this is what it's going to take for you to be able to cover this guy because it's not just about you being big and being able to run fast. You have to be able to cover guys like this. And I think he can only go up from here and he'll put the work in and he'll put the time in to be a good player. So I don't think it's a big deal. I think it's all part of his process. Well, the best part of the process is the fact that he is going up against Antonio Brown, and uh, I hope this pays off, and I hope it pays off as early as 2016. The final fact that we had of the night, uh, not the final one, but another one that uh, we're going to talk to you about was about Heinz Ward. We know he's going to be enshrined in Canton, but we're doing an over-under on this one. I'm saying that he does not get in before 2023, which is 10, days from his, 10 years from his retirement date. And Zach says he gets in before 2023. So what do you think? 
I think Heinz Ward gets in before 2023. Um, I think, if, yeah, it's a fact that he gets in before 2023. Um, I think his numbers, his production um, with the Super Bowls, it's 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 really undeniable in terms of what he's been able to do and what he did for that football team. I'm going to add one into too. I think as the as the media push becomes a little bit bigger, T.O. gets in too as well. Both those players get in. Yeah, you know, Bryce. I mean, I, that's what I was saying a little bit earlier is that there are a number of guys ahead of him, but I think it can happen in that five year span. So we'll see. Yeah, well, I mean that guy's he has to wait five years. And then another five years, I think maybe six or seven, I mean, he gets in. They made Jerome Bettis wait. They made John Stallworth wait and Lynn Swan. Right. And you know what they did in Super Bowls. So I, right. think, uh, I think he's going to wait. We also saw Andre Reid, Tim Brown, and Marvin Harrison have to wait a, quite a bit, a long time to get in. I think Hines Ward is definitely in, but he's going to have to wait. Uh, okay, yeah. There's pre- I mean, there's, some, there's precedence there. I mean, Hines Ward has – has great numbers and uh, yeah, I mean, what he says, Hans Ward's ability to impact the game on so many levels, I think, is going to really play in his favor, particularly after T.O. gets in. I think, I think these writers or what have you, after the groundswell for T.O. gets pretty big, they're going to have to start relooking at, at at what this criteria is like, like keep, keeping people out just on a whim, just because like your finger put it in the air. It's not a good way to go. I mean, you got to look at guys' production. Heinz Ward has excellent production, so that's why I'm saying before 2023. Well, I don't like the way that I don't like the criteria that that uh, that it takes to get in. I think it actually, I would love to see it reworked, um, but this is the system that we have right now, and uh, there has been so. I mean, like I said, Reed Brown Harrison. Stalworth, Swan, all those guys waited quite a bit. Jerome Bettis waited a long time to get in, I mean three or four years to get in after he was eligible. I just think, I know I'm beating a dead dead horse, but he waits. Guys, if it's okay, I want to flip it around because I really value your expertise. I want to ask you to a factor fiction. Because i got something right, on my mind it. about the team. Hit us with it, Bryce. I love it. <laughs> love it. Fact or, or fiction, just, just based off what we're hearing, fact or fiction, Anthony Ciccolo, during the season, overtakes Jarvis Jones to be the starting right outside linebacker. Oh, my God. Fact that or fiction? That. Oh, man. Listen, the way that someone performs in camp does not dictate how they're going to perform. Uh, on an NFL showcase. Uh, You know, Jarvis Jones has had his struggles, and I think that there's a lot of Steeler fans that would like to see him outside of a starting role. But guess what? This is a make-or-break year for him, and he needs to play those make-or-break snaps. I don't think it's going to happen. I go with fiction on this one personally. Listen, the young guys, they they can't always take it from these guys. I mean, like Jarvis Jones isn't a young guy anymore. He's approaching his fifth season in the league. He's got to start producing Right. You, you know, I am going to agree with Zach on that. I would love to see Chicolo. I like the way this guy plays. But yeah. I see him more of, more on the left side. That's where they've been putting him more behind a guy like Bud Dupree. I just I think Jarvis is actually going to have a good year. And uh, we talked about that uh, either last week or the week before, whether they're going to bring him back. And, and we really, I really think, and I think we all agreed that Jarvis is going to have one heck of a year. I don't see him overtaking it, but I see him being a very valuable player on that team. Cool. Good stuff. Yeah, I wanted to just get you guys' thoughts on that. Very good points. Well, I appreciate it. Always, always throw those at us. That, that, that makes it more fun for us so we don't have to come up with a statement. So that's great. <laughs> Bryce, Bryce, let me Bryce, let me just say one more thing about Chicolo, though. I mean, we're talking about someone who's also extremely young, and though he was a late-round selection, what's to say that he still can't be on the roster at the end of the day? I don't think he's going to take that spot, but he could definitely end up making it. Oh, he will. I'm, I'm going to say fact to the fact that he makes the roster. Yeah, oh, guys. I agree. Yep. Yeah, I mean, when you look at – look, once again, it's that Eli Rogers situation. 
When have you heard Kevin Colbert talk about young guys like this? Like, normally Colbert will tell you, yeah, he's doing good, but he needs to do this better. That's normally his modus operandi. The, the quotes from Kevin Colbert on, on Chicolo, ooh, man. I mean, when he talked about that guy, natural ability, he's relentless, we love the way he plays. These are high praise for two players, young players that must really be standing out. And that's what you want to hear. And I believe uh, Joey Porter is very high on him as well. I just don't yeah. think enough to take, not just not enough to take over Jarvis. But once again, a very good, productive player for that team. And uh, he's going to be very valuable on special teams. And uh, if an injury comes, if an injury comes to any of these players, I would feel very comfortable with Chicolo in there. But right now. I think it's Jarvis, Jarvis Jones' job, and I think he's going to surprise a lot of people this year. Well, Mike, so. thank you so much for calling in. We appreciate you every week. We know we are going to hear from you next week. So you have a fantastic week, and we will talk to you later. Guys, take care. Thanks for having me on. Bryce, be All good, right, man. Thank you. Once again, Bryce from Brooklyn, always calling in. Remember, you could call in, too. Uh, 347-850-8581. We're going to go to our final facts of the night. Zach, what's on your mind? You know, Brian, first off, um, half of my final fact is the following. Um, Bryce is one of my favorite program callers that we have by far. However, I do wish that my eardrums would not be bursting anytime he's talking through the phone. Do love that man. Um, (laughs) My... of the night, uh, however, is going to go uh, to be the next Steeler who's going to be enshrined in Canton uh, with all the Canton festivities going on right now. Um, it's going to be Alan Fanica for me. That is what I want to talk about. Listen, I don't, I can't think of another Steelers offensive lineman who comes to mind when I say that word or that phrase, Steelers offensive lineman. It's Alan Fanica each and every time. This was a guy who protected a bunch of different generations of running backs. Deuce Staley, Jerome Bettis. Uh, we saw him even protect uh, the, the great Cordell Stewart. Uh, you not so much thinking that he's great there, Brian. Uh, but now <laughs> we're seeing the guy finally come up for Hall of Fame enshrinement. His eligibility time is now. And I think he's going to be that next name that's called in 2017. He's been one of the league's best. Listen, he did it in Pittsburgh, and then he did it in a Jets uniform as well. He was really fantastic uh, every place uh, that he touched, and there have been nothing but good things said about the guy. He's going to end up in the Hall of Fame, and very excited to see him do so next year. That's my final fact of the night. Number 66 is the consummate professional. I think he actually goes in next year um, in his second year of eligibility. I don't know if anybody's going to recognize him because the man dropped about 100 pounds. He wants to be healthy, and he, I mean, I saw a picture of him, and I know he's, he showed up, and he's been, uh, he's been helping out the team in mini camps and OTAs and even in camp, and I, I couldn't pick him out of a lineup, but when you talk about the greatest offensive lineman in history, Mike Webster's always going to be there. Dermonte Dawson's always going to be there. And you've got to round it out with a guy like Alan Fanica. I'm not going to put them in any order, but those are the three best in the history of that team. And if Alan Fanica played in the 1970s, that team would have won five or six. I think so. And, you know, I, I really quick want to say for your final fact of the night here, Brian. I want to say, Fanica losing so much weight, would you believe this? In February, he completed a marathon just yes. under a time of four hours. Can you believe that? An offensive lineman turned marathon runner. That is incredible. And just hats off to – that's how the guy played. He prepared. He was the consummate professional in Pittsburgh. And even in his retirement life, the guy goes out and says, I'm going to – do a marathon, I'm going to get healthy, and an offensive lineman completing one, my gosh, I'm, I'm tired thinking about it. <laughs> well, my final fact of the night is going to be about haberdashery. Yes, uniforms. Now, this year it has been announced that the fifth, in, the fifth year 
for the Bumblebee throwbacks is going to be the last year. As 2016, we will see the end of those uniforms, and we're going to see a new uniform being introduced next year. And so I'm going to go out and say that they are going to go with the 1967, what they call the Batman uniforms. So I don't know if you've ever seen these. If you get a chance to look at of the team's uniform history. They were black jerseys. They were actually almost long sleeve jerseys. And they had, they almost looked like the Batman cape coming down as a triangle in the front and a triangle in the back. And they were very sharp uniforms. I could see them putting them on. And the other reason I, I think that they're going to use them, we're seeing them show up in throwbacks in uh, different places that you could order Steeler jerseys. I actually have one in Antonio Brown, and I think it would be a fantastic look for that team. And so my guess and my final fact is the fact that Ode to Batman coming up next year with the new throwbacks for the 85th season and beyond. Yeah, you know, you say those Batman uniforms, and I just can't help but think in the back of my mind the scene from The Dark Knight Rises uh, that's actually shot at Heinz Field. That's an amazing scene. Yep. Heinz Ward running out of the end zone as the field is just collapsing underneath him. What a classic. I actually have that Heinz Ward McFarlane from the, <sighs> in his Gotham, <laughs> Gotham Rogues uniform. <laughs> that's fantastic. That's, that's how much of a Steeler geek I am with my collection. But, <laughs> you know, a, a few but other it, Steelers also made some appearances in that. Ben Roethlisberger was in there as well. Troy Palomalo. Brett, Brett Kiesel was in there. Uh, I believe oh, yeah. at the time there was about 10 or 12 guys, and they invited – I remember I wanted to go, but one of my child I, – I had a uh, – a birthday party for one of my kids, and I couldn't justify going to uh, leaving, Aww. driving three hours to Heinz Field to try to be in that Aww. movie. But uh, I would have loved to that's loved good, to have been the one to Brian, say that's, that that's I was an extra in that. Right there. You, Brian, that's the good dad award. You turned down a role in a film, albeit a small one, a crowd goer, <laughs> but a role in a film to go to your kid's birthday party. I love that. Now you will be glad to know that I have been in I have been an extra in two other sport films. I have yet to see me. I have actually seen my mom in one and one of the all time classics. One of the all time guy films. If you're a sports fan, you know what it is. When I say hockey movie, there's only one name and you know it. Nineteen seventy seven Slapshot. Oh yes. Filmed in my a hometown classic. of Johnstown, what a, Pennsylvania. What an homage to hockey. I was four years old. I do not remember it whatsoever, but I was there. Now, when I was 11 in 1983, Tom Cruise came to Johnstown, Pennsylvania and filmed, in my mind, a very underrated great movie in All the Right Moves. I love that film. I've seen it a million times. Filmed in my hometown. I am in the crowd scene for the big game in that movie also. Even though you can't see me, I know I was there. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that being said, Zach, all that fun talk, we, we covered a lot of things tonight. We agreed. We disagreed. We disagreed more than we agreed. But it was a very fun show. Thank you so much for joining me once again on Steeler Six Pack of Factor Fiction. I hope you have a great week, Zach. Thank you very much, Brian. You do the same, and to everyone out there in Steelers country, we'll catch you next week. All right. Once again, for Zach Parnes, I'm Brian Anthony Davis, and that's a fact check. Good night. My name is Spencer Hall. My name is Jason Kirk. My name is Ryan Nanny. And when we combine, we form the, the Shutdown, Shutdown Fullcast. Fultron! I keep telling you, we're not Fultron. The Shutdown Fullcast is technically a college football podcast, but it's also a show about lawn care disasters, regional grocery stores we love, Tennessee Batman, homeowners associations, 
bears in video games i mean there's also some actual football discussion like about coaches having huge contracts or coaches making terrible decisions or coaches saying really stupid things or the ncaa saying really stupid things yeah there's lots of stupid things in this big dumb beautiful sport sometimes we talk about football games allegedly if you want to take college football exactly as seriously as it deserves to be taken come find us on apple Podcasts, spotify or wherever else you listen to podcasts like this one the shutdown forecast it's not voltron hey guys it is ryan i'm not sure if you know this about me but i'm a bit of a fun fanatic when i can i like to work but i like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.